The Off the Huzzle Podcast would like to thank all their sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, Last Mountain Distillery, Molson Coors, Rubber Co., and Cutter and Buck Canada. Now, it's time for your starting lineup. The pro hockey player, Turner Ripplinger. The golf insider, Tori Coglin. The original co-host, Troy Koser. And your host, Drew Koser. Now, sit back and enjoy the podcast, Off the Hosel. Hey everybody, we're back from the episode Off the Hosel, episode 123. My name is Drew Koser. I'm your host. I'm joined by Tori Coglin, all the way down in Birmingham, Alabama. No Troy, no Rip. Uh, an absolute beauty of a guest on today. Um, you know, we missed last week. Just I got busy with hockey and stuff. Tori's busy, you know, looping away. Uh, so sorry, everyone, that we didn't have, even, even let you guys know, but just got so busy. But uh, got to mention, this is a... Uh, the Rubber Crow pre-show, founded in 2021, made out of 100% recycled tires, has tons to offer. Offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices. Check out the website, www.rubbercrow.com. Follow us on social media at Rubber Crow, and can call as well at 306-541-9840. Think with your head and choose the right rubber. Boom. Here we go. Had a kid. Had a kid, stay hot. Here we go. We're live, and we had a great interview. Uh, this guy's a beauty, dude. Nice work, Tori. Stepping up. How are yeah, you? As always. How are you, big man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's hotter than fuck here, but other than that, I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, it's hot here too. Our actually our AC is not working, so it's kind of I've been pretty frustrated the last. Uh, handful of days here but hey that's an issue oh dude don't need to make one it's a battle you and your lady uh getting a little short with each other no i'll tell you what if i'm hot inside i get pissy you know what we've handled it pretty well like we have these fans going and we kind of just don't move at all we're like hey don't move (laughs) one of us can get a snack at a time we'll wait five minutes in between but no it's been a battle that's for sure so um yeah Anyhow, I've been golfing. I've golfed 11 times this year. You want to hear my scores for 11 rounds? Haven't hit the range. Yes, I really do. Please tell me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Round one, 71. Round two, 72. Round three, 73. Round four, 69. How are you? Round five, 73. Round six, 72. Round seven, 75. Round eight, 73. Round nine, 69. Bang. Round 10, 71. And round 11, 72. Pretty darn consistent there, kid. Boring. That's all I do. Boring golf. I'll it's, take boring. Uh, it's been a battle. Mine's, mine's boring like 79 if I were to play today. Yeah, but like, I wish I could shoot like 65. So much, can. so much cooler, make more birdies. But if I practice, though, I haven't hit the range once, dude. Have not hit the range. But I will tell you this, though. I know you don't have them, and I feel bad every time I bring this up, but Taylor made golf. These things are unbelievable. Unbelievable. I we should be sponsored by Melt Witch. Melting the ball down the fairway. Stealth. <laughs> Stealth. All I gotta say. Play Taylor made. Uh Tori, I want to talk about uh golf and local golf in specific. 
Um, Sean McCall was the king at the Royal Regina last night, two nights ago now, at men's night. He won, won the lobster, beat Peyton Otitwa, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see how many holes it went? I, I think he took down Ziggy in the in the semi. Oh, he's a good, good match play player, hey? Nasty. So congrats to Sean. I, t- I told him we want to have him on, but I believe his baby's due pretty pretty soon here. So he said just uh, just hold that interview and we'll get him on them. So Dude, yeah. love him. Um, and then else? also with local golf, Colin Coben won the Saskatoon Senior Amateur. Uh, I can't remember the sponsor. Dead gummit. No auto clearing. Ads. I think no auto clearing. No free ads. But yeah, yeah well. Uh, he won it by 12. So he took it easy on the boys. Wow. Uh, he was, he was going to try to win by 20, but he, he figured 12 was enough. So no kidding. Wow. Good job. Cubs. No, Marty ring was Cubs. up there. Rick Hallberg. Just naming. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Name dropping. Yes. I love it. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to play the men's amateur in mid-am this year. What are the dates? Is it the 16th to 19th? Oh God! I wish you wouldn't ask me that. Well, no, 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 no. I think it's it ends on the fifteenth. Okay. Because my okay. mom's thing in Saskatoon is on the sixteenth. That's a Saturday. So twelve to sixteen, then maybe. Okay. Well, regardless, I got you. No. No. Fifteen. That doesn't seem right. Are you sure? No, I'm it's HIV positive. Well, there it is. Uh, Golf Saskatchewan. Let's just pull that up here, Paige, while we're doing that, because I'm actually curious. Sick experience for the listeners. This is how we do our, our information. Um, how about the hockey game last night? Here it is. July. Oh, I can't play. Good. I can play the mid-am. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm just playing the mid. I'm not going to play the amateur. I should play the mid. And then I don't think home. I can beat Ziggy. Got my buddy's wedding up in Nipawin on the 16th. Going to be a banger. Uh, okay, enough about my personal life. Okay, so that is what's up right now. It's hot here in Regina. I want to talk about the hockey game quickly. NHL last night, Colorado wins. Nazem Kadri's first game back. I believe he's leading a stat of game-winning goals at seven, I believe. It's a hell of a stat. So... There was six guys for Colorado. There were seven for Tampa. There was way too many guys on the ice. But you know what? They both had too many on the ice. It's a good hockey goal. That's how you change. You get on quick, get out quick, get ahead of the gate. Good goal. Sorry. What a weird ending, though. For when sure. I was watching, I was like, what the hell happened? I know. I, I saw it go in. Everyone else is like, stop playing. Everyone's on the like, replays, I could see it go in, but when I was watching live, like you know, you're not really paying super close attention. It's like Patty Kane, it, yeah, exactly what it's like. But this one was longer. Like Patty Kane instantly was going nuts, but this one, it was like there was two seconds where it was like, "Where's the puck?" What do they say? When you know, you know. Yeah. When you know, no you one know. Knew. <laughs> okay. Well, what else we got here? Because I'm so excited to play this guest. Um, he's such a beauty. Like, do you want to just go right in, go into the, the interview and talk about this after? Let's do it. Okay. So the interview uh, guest today, he what did I say? Or, he's not from Big Rock, is he? Is that what it said? Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. He was born there. 
uh, actually grew up in Colorado. Uh, he's a stick. Uh, he's at five, I think five or seven, six or seven. I don't know. Listen, the interview's unbelievable. I'm not going to give anything away. Such a good dude. He runs a podcast with Colt Nose, a former guest. Golf subpar. He's also on the radio, a serious XM, Gravy and the Sleaze. So two good names. You find out what the nicknames are all about. If you don't know this guy, look him up. Such a good talker. He's funny. Super engaged guy to talk to. Uh, overall, it's a great interview. Tori, thanks again for lining this one up. That a boy. Uh, everyone, ready to go, Tori? Absolutely. Let's rock all and roll. All righty. Here is Drew Stoltz. We hope you enjoy it. Off the Hosel is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. All right, today we're happy to have join us from Little Rock, Arkansas. He's a retired professional golfer, the co-host on the podcast called Subpar. He's also on the radio, SiriusXM, the PGA Tour channel. I believe it's channel 92. He's a beauty. With all of that, we're pleased to have on today the sleazy man, Drew Stoltz. Good to be with you, boys. Thanks for having me on. Dude, I haven't been called from Little Rock, Arkansas in a long time. Did you get that from my Canadian tour bio? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, dude. It puts like birthplace. I was born in Little Rock. I grew, I grew up in Arkansas for like eight years, um, but then I moved to Colorado. So Colorado is like where I'm from. But on that Canadian deal, whatever, they always it had like birthplace, but then they would like announce you from your birthplace. Like you could have been born there and never lived, you know, and moved somewhere and never. They always announced me like anytime I did anything, they wrote up like Stoltz from Little Rock, Arkansas. I was like, oh, shit, there it is. So I, was, I haven't heard Little Rock in a long time. But yeah, good to be with you. all Absolutely. Did, did Little Rock recruit you? UALR, University of Arkansas. I took a visit. Um, yeah, I got some love from University of Arkansas. I took a visit down there, actually. We used one of my visits on um, Arkansas. I got some family still down there. Good spot. Good team now. Little little daily holding, you know, holding mm -hmm. the flag for the squad down there. Um, that's actually a really fun school, dude. Fayetteville is Fayetteville's a time. Fayetteville goes, <laughs> dude. And it's like, that's the only show, by the way, in that state. They don't got NFL. They don't got NBA. They don't got, you know what I mean? The mm -hmm. Razorbacks, the Hogs are the show down there. So I got a lot of family that went to Arkansas, played some sports at Arkansas and stuff. So I still, I still got some allegiance to them. But um, that's a fun, fun. Fayetteville's a fun town to spend a weekend in. Love it. Hey, you mentioned Colorado, so you must be boys with you know good, good guy of ours, uh, John Michael Isles. You must golf with him at all, hey? I don't know if we cross paths a lot. I was trying to think of some guys like Canadian. There's some Canadian dudes like the guys I used to run around with. Up on the Canadians were like, you guys know Graham, Dillette, yeah, yeah. right? But then there's another dude in our little squad. Like, we had a pack of, like, four or five that we kind of traveled with. James Love. Do y'all know James from Alberta? Yeah, he, yeah so he's know. a Denver guy. So uh, James and I and Graham and, like, Barrett Jarosh is a guy from Edmonton. Yeah. He's a good player. And then um, Andres Gonzalez. That was kind of, like, our little 
squad that we ran around with but um yeah james is a denver guy so i got to know james even like he's like kind of the reason i went to play canada because he was in denver had played like a year before because uh, he was already uh, out of college and then he was right like, you should come play up here it's sweet and that's kind of where it started you hung out with deeks a good bit too didn't you yeah dude i just saw deeks at the u.s open last week too by the way up in okay. brookline i finally got to catch up with him uh it'd been a long time and it's cool to see what he's done i mean to be the dude at florida just got that extension too um he's doing it man i hadn't seen him in a while looks exactly the same just with he's got little shades of grays a little salt and pepper now up top but yeah. um yeah deeks was in the house. i mean dude, there was a great crew of dudes on that tour at the time a few of them made it out and got on the pj tour and did some things graham probably being the biggest one but we just had dude, that tour was just fun as shit it was the hardest dollar on planet earth it was you had to play better golf to make less money than ever before but <laughs> damn it was fun dude Awesome. All right, Drew, I want to, you know, first off, how are things with you? What's new? What's going on? And then obviously I want to backtrack to a young Drew Stoltz with, you know, hobbies and whatnot you're up to and, you know, golf was one of them, but you know, what's new with you? And, you know, I mean, we'll talk about your podcast a little later on here, but uh, you know, what's happening. You just mentioned the U S open and you know, what's uh, what's happening in your world. Yeah, man. It's been a, it's been a busy like six weeks or so. So yeah, I just got back from the U S open It did like we did radio from up there for the week. And then we had a live event for the podcast, which we do on major weeks up there for um, doers, shout out doers. So we had that event up there. That was awesome. Got back. We've been banging out some podcasts, our travel schedule between Colt and I gets a little bit tricky um, in the summers. Cause he goes out on the road, does the broadcast and things like, and there's other things that come up. So we try to do as many pods when we're in the same place at the same time as possible. So we just banged out a few of those this week. Um, we'll probably do a couple more next week before before each of us kind of take off. And then, dude, just around the crib, like I got two little girls. Um, being a dad, I got a, I got one just turning just turned six months, and the other one turns three years old here, like next week. So we got a big birthday party coming up for that. And then just um, I'm gonna get out of the, I'm gonna get out of Scottsdale for a lot of July. Go up to Flagstaff, which is like a two hour drive up the road. And it's like 30 degrees cooler. It's basically like driving to Colorado in two hours. And I'm going to hang up there. And like, I haven't been playing hardly any golf. Played that USGA four ball a couple months ago. And we had a good run in that. Um, I haven't played really. I played uh, one little member guest since then. But I don't play a lot in the summers because it's so hot here. So um, going up to flag should give me a chance to play a little golf too. So it'll be nice. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, well, down in Saskatchewan. And I know Tori's quite, you know, fond of uh, the weather up here. It's either raining and you can't golf or it's windy and 87 K and you're just frustrated. So, um, that's what we get. And then it snows the next month. So we're already preparing for the winter, which is awesome. Yeah. You got a short little window, short oh, yeah. window up there. How's Dakota dunes doing, dude. I heard it's mint right yeah, now. I haven't been up. I heard it. It's unbelievable though right now. Yeah. You would have been there. the best round of my professional career on that bitch during like hurricane level winds. I'm talking like blow into 40. If the greens had any speed on them at the time, your balls would have been rolling all over the place. And I had like a two or three shot lead. I shot and the day it blew really hard that day. I shot like 63 or 64 out there. It was like the literally the best round of golf I've ever played. I had like eight birdies and an eagle and it was a hurricane level wind. And I was leading going the weekend and then shit the bed. And that's always been my glory. Whenever we talk about the old days, I'm like, yeah, dude, what about Dakota Dunes though? What about that <laughs> round? Maybe possibly the round of the millennium up there. So that was my one claim to fame up there was that round of golf. That's, Did, what, that's what Dale said one time. He shot 62 there, set a record. And then the next year it was 61. Yeah, if it, dude, if it's one of those courses, like if it's calm, which it probably never is. I don't know. I'm only there. I've only been there one week at a time. You you will dismantle. It's like going to Bandon Dunes and play it in no wind. Like, dude, you hit wedges and 
sand wedges and it's not blowing like it's not hard but it's supposed to be blowing 30 you know what i mean yeah. you get like you walk up and like this holds 400 yards last time i played here i had a four iron into this thing you know what i mean it's, it's the same thing up there if you catch it calm i mean you're just flicking it around but it probably is calm twice a year yep Drew, growing up did you play any other sports other than golf yeah, I played, um, I played a lot of stuff as a little kid, but I guess it was, as I got older, like it was just golf and basketball. So growing up in Colorado, um, like even if you wanted to play golf year round, we didn't have like the indoor facilities and all the shit like that, that they have now, you know what I mean? And the track mans and all that sort of stuff. So like, basically our state championship was the first week of October. That was spotty, whether or not you'd get good weather. It could, I played in snow one year in my freshman year, it snowed when we were down in Southern Colorado. So like once that hits, once October hits, it's pretty hit or miss. You got to do something else. And I grew up my whole life playing basketball, played basketball, um, like through high school, pretty much. Um, just cause you didn't have any other option, dude. You know what I mean? My junior year, I went and played a bunch of like junior tournaments around the country during the winter, but it was, it was hard. Um, because you can't even hit balls. You can't play. You might show up in North Carolina having not played in two months and you're playing against kids from Florida and Georgia, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basketball was like my uh, my other sport. I I always I always liked to hoop, and I played like intramurals in college until I banged up my knee and got had to miss an event um, because of my knee, and then I was never played again after that um, until I graduated college. But um, yeah, pretty much golf and basketball. Gotcha, Drew. Uh, I want to talk junior golf. Um, you know, when did you kind of go, Hey, like, I'm pretty good at this sport and, you know, I'm going to try and go for it and, you know, play college and whatnot. And we'll, I will talk college. I didn't find it online because the internet's, you know, just all about your podcast, which is great. Cause you're doing great <laughs> with that. But, um, yeah, talk some junior golf and, you know, when you were probably winning club championships, you know, crushing milkshakes and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, walk us through your, uh, your junior golf. Yeah, I got into golf like when I was probably like about to, like 12 years old, which I guess is pretty late by today. I, I kind of played golf, but dude, it was more like running around, just wanting to go out with my dad and drive the golf cart type of stuff. And then when I hit about 12, for whatever reason, like I just got that bug, like people get. And like from that point on, it was ride my bike up to the golf course in the morning, play golf every day till the last minute of sunlight, you know, and then it gets dark and ride my bike home. And I did that over and over and over. It's all I wanted to do. But I'd say starting like freshman year of high school, that's when tiger hit the scene 97 masters and all of a sudden like golf was like cool you know what i mean and um that's what i was like dude it's all like go i want i'll play basketball in the winters but like that's just to kill time until it gets nice again golf was everything and so you know i had a pretty decent like junior and like amateur career in colorado one of some some of the you know like big junior events or whatever in colorado won our state title our state championship um in high school after finishing runner up my junior year and then um, played AJGAs. I had some good events in those. One, uh, lost in a playoff was the best I got. I never won one. That playoff uh, haunted me for a while. But, um, you know, went on to college, went to, started getting looks and I kind of had it narrowed down. I wanted to go somewhere warm, somewhere south. You know, I was kind of thinking either Pac 12 or, or SEC or somewhere down south. And like, I was playing in a AJGA event down in Phoenix, right down the road from where I am now, actually at South mountain. It was like the Thunderbird or the Rolex or something like that. And I was, I was having a nice week. I was in the final group the last day with Kevin Na, who was, uh, by the way, wore like all black, everything. And it was like 110 degrees with black pants, black, everything. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't have a great, I played fine. I just had one blow up hole, but like there was a bunch of coaches out there and I started getting a bunch of letters and things like that. I ended up going to TCU, which like really wasn't even on the map for me at the time. I really liked SMU. 
So it kind of came down to like SMU, TCU, and Vanderbilt were my final three schools, which are kind of like the same school, just in different towns. And uh, TCU had a, a great golf program at the time. They were like top three in the country when I signed. And um, dude, couldn't have been happier to go there. I went to SMU and it was like pissing rain and kind of cold uh, on the day I took my visit there. And then the next day was my TCU visit. It was like sun was out babes were out you know what i mean it was like a total I, I always wonder like what what if it was sunny at smu and rainy at tcu maybe i'd gone to maybe i'd gone to smu but um that's that's kind of the way it shook out so yeah starting freshman year is when i was really like this is what i want to do and that's like the only thing i want to do tcu's in fort worth correct yeah fort worth just right down the road it, from Dallas. how much how much damage did you do there oh dude it's a fun it's a fun town like we get a you know colt went to smu so we got a lot of tcu smu back and forth fort worth is like you can wear jeans and a t-shirt and pretty much go to any spot you want to go to in fort worth and dallas is like you need the button up and the bottles and the clubs and all that so it's like a, just a little more laid back a little more country like we got the stockyards down there one of the best bars in the world honky tonk bars billy bobs is an all-time spot all these country acts roll through there dude and it's just it's just good people and my little crew that I had there I kind of there was one golfer that I kind of like ran around with like socially we're all friends but it was I I lived with our quarterback for the last two years of college I guess um, a couple of baseball players a few other football players and dude it was just like you don't realize that at the time how, how fucking great it is until you leave and you're like oh my god that was the best thing of all time so I, I if I had to go back to college and do it all over again I'd head right back to Fort Worth 100% that's sick. Drew, I want, I want to talk about your pro career and you mentioned that, you know, the dunes and we'll get back to that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> how was it? And, you know, this is the experience and like, obviously my next question is just on how hard it is. And I've, I have a few buddies that are, you know, playing now on the Canadian tour and just like, they see the grind and, you know, Monday to and whatnot, but like you were playing and I can't recall for how long, but you know, you, you would have played enough and, you know, to really experience the full thing you know, what is, what is that day-to-day -day grind like? And, you know, even when you're in the running for, uh, you know, a top 10 or whatever it is, uh, just walk through your, you know, your pro experience. Yeah. I mean, it's a grind just cause there's, there's so many good players and there's so many guys and they come out like even today, like nowadays it's even better. Like the college kids coming out are so much more well-polished. They're ready to play professional golf right away. And there's a bunch of guys that I think are good enough. If you just beam them onto the corn Ferry tour or the PGA tour, like they could hold their own. They could keep a card. Yeah. Mostly. I don't know that they're going to be winning. I think the top 20, 25 guys in the world are just built different. Like they're in a different stratosphere. And then the rest of the guys are like fillers more or less. like you can, they're kind of interchangeable. Right. You know what I mean? But getting there is so hard and especially coming out. It's like, it's just like, there's no draft. There's no, you know, like, Oh, you're a great college player. Cool. Here's your shot at the league. Like you got to go get it at Q school and Q yeah. school turns into the ultimate grind. Cause you can, I, I mean, I've seen it so many times where there's guys that are playing on the mini tours, Monday qualifiers and things like that. I'm like, dude, this kid is a monster. Like he's going to go get his card. He's going to do big things. And then Q school comes around second stage. Boom. He has one bad round, shoots 75, one round. You're like, well, he's done. And it's a whole nother year to get back out there unless you can Monday in a bunch of times uh and play your way so i think it's one of those things like the longer you're not you don't have status somewhere the more like scar tissue you have and the harder and harder it gets and so i just set like a hard stop for myself i said if i turn 30 and i don't have a full pga tour card like i'm out like that's long enough you know what i mean so i did it for like six seven years played had chances got my corn ferry tour card got starts then you know it was more conditional and had to monday qualify And my last year i ended up just spending like i was like i'm done with mini tours even though I'd done well enough. And at times there were many tours where you could make enough money to keep yourself afloat and even, and, and make some money, put some money in your pocket too. And I was lucky to play in like that time. 
and I was, I would, I would play great in those things and I was making some money, but what does it get you? It just buy, all you're doing is buying yourself time until you get to right. one of these tours. And my last year, I pretty much said exclusively, I'm going to Monday qualify for corn Ferry and PJ tour events. If I'm not getting starts on the corn Ferry tour and I did it and I burned through more money so quickly shooting 67s and going home and losing in playoffs or, oh, oh, cool. I got in one. I made it. And then you try to put the pedal down so hard that you end up getting out of like just yeah. playing golf. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, every time you get a start, you feel like this has to be the week. This needs to be a top five. This needs to be a top 10, something to get me another start and to jump up the money list or to jump up your category and stuff like that, that um, it can, it can wear you down. And like, it was, I would say that probably the most fun years of my life were some of those years, it's like where all you're doing is rolling around with your boys, playing events, you're still grinding, you're, you're someone wins 12 grand and you think they're a millionaire, you know what I mean? Like you're the, you're the king of the castle, but it's also um, over time, I think it just beats you down because you see these young kids come out and bam, they do it right away. Or you see a guy that you've been beating all year long and he gets through Q school and now he's got a card and you don't, and you got to wait another year. Um, it's yeah. a different animal. And like every dude, I said that there's so many guys that you could just beam onto those tours and they could hold their own. At the same time, those guys that are on those tours that have done it, like they all went through the same shit. They all had to go sack up at Q school and they all had to finish around where they couldn't breathe and their nuts were upside up in their throat. You know what I mean? Like everybody that did it earned their way there. So you can't, you can't knock them. And uh, I had every chance, every opportunity I had, a, I would go back to a few rounds. I would like to have over that might've changed the course of things, but as it shakes out now, like with what I'm doing now, um, I'm thrilled to not have to be out there grinding it out every single week because the, the talent level is just ridiculous now. Unreal. Um, you, you brought up earlier, uh, you mentioned you just played in the, the U S four ball and came yeah. second. First yeah. of all, did, did you get the medals yet? Have not retrieved the medals. So shout out to anyone in Birmingham near or around the country club of Birmingham. There's two silver medals, USGA silver medals around there somewhere that we uh, cannot locate. It's, it's about 30 minutes from my house. I might go do some sniffing. Yeah, we but got Drew, a little dinged up that night and they given them to us at the little <laughs> award ceremony. I think we just had a bit of a night there and just wandered off about them at the end of the night. I didn't even realize it until we got home. I was like, yo, Kitty, you got our medals? And he's like, nah, I don't got them. I was like, well, I don't have them. So I guess they're still sitting on the porch. <laughs> Dude, they put on a good show there. I played I played the U.S. Mid when it was there. Yeah. It was like, man, they, like they had a big old party out by the pool. Huh. It was awesome. Dude, that place was fantastic. The people Unreal were awesome. Food. Like people were out walking around. The course was incredible shape. Nothing but uh, love for Country Club of Birmingham and uh, all the all the members and people that came out. So I, I mentioned this briefly in the in my first message to you. The caddy master at Shoal Creek asked me if I wanted to go. He said he said Harold had a couple buddies coming in and would I want to go with them? And I was like, I was like, man, that's. I mean, it's going to be hot doing 36 or whatever, like, cause that West course, that's a rough walk. I that's don't know how you guys piece, did it, dude. I don't either. The rounds took forever. That is a nasty walk. Yeah. But no, I, I was like, eh. I was like, let me think about it. And then I came in and he goes, Oh, Chino's going to go with him. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, sweet. And then, and then I read on Twitter, I saw your name or whatever in uh, the golf week article. And it said he had a caddy named Chino. And I was like, fuck, if I would have known that was Drew, I was like, I would have definitely gone. You called me right after. He's like, I just turned down Stolte's bag. I'm like, no. 
Wendy him on the podcast now at least <laughs> dude that's wild what a world because yeah we showed up down there dude like I, sh- I flew in the night before the tournament started like with no practice around no nothing hadn't done anything we were kind of scrapping it all together at the last minute and then I was like do we got a we got a loop or what like I was fully prepared to just carry my own wig like, yeah dude we got a guy from Shoal Creek he's a good caddy he's caddy for a bunch of like the South American guys Latin American guys like he's solid I was like, perfect. So we should, he's like, but we only got one guy. I was like, perfect. Let's just get, we'll get through stroke play and see how it goes. And if we need another guy, we'll get another guy. And here comes Chino, dude. Fucking legend that is Chino. This dude is an animal, a workhorse. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, you know, kitty hit it down the right. I'd hit it down the left. He'd have Kitty's number, walk over. I get my number, clubs, blow. Hey, we're going to read this. But like, he was everywhere at all times. And like you said, you get to that other course, the main course, dude, walking that thing is a beast. I mean, we were coming off of that thing, playing two matches. All right, go into the next day. You tee off at seven. 05 in the morning or whatever it was and he's showing up fresh as a daisy lugging those things around i was dying and i wasn't carrying shit chino is a monster so shout out to chino anytime we got like interviewed or like the wars or whatever i was making sure i was like yo chino is this is the dude y'all need to talk about he is a monster he's a great cat he wasn't just getting around and getting there fast but like dude he had numbers he had like all right six off the back wins in a little bit i think it's playing this night you know what i mean like he was Mm -hmm. he's a legit caddy too he was he was nails man did, did you guys at least play the East course first? Yeah, we played the East first. That's a good draw. Especially yeah, was, coming I mean, in the night before. Yeah, we played the East first. We were super late. No, you know, we hadn't seen the golf course. There's not, it's, I'm not oh, even a big practice round guy anyway, dude. I'm just like, let's just look. I'll see the, if you hit in the fairway, like you're going to be pretty good. If there's any weird stuff, just tell me. We showed up and played that and we were thumping on all cylinders after the front nine we kind of whatever did a few like couple two under or something two or three under on the front nine by the back nine we had a little rain delay so we got to go in and have a few pops things like that we came back out just bird 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 and i was like dude let's just run it right now and go to that other side of the let's go see if they'll let us play the front nine or the other course right now because it's all systems go boom wild dude that west course is nasty hey this this is kind of a selfish question just because no one listening has any clue about this course but what do you think are the hardest holes on the West? I'll tell you right now. So is it one, two, two is hard. Two is a yep. tough hole. Long par four up the hill. If you miss fairway, it's really hard to hit that green. I got that written down right here. Two is two <laughs> is a good, we won two in the championship match. I was the only guy that made par in the championship match and on number two, two won the hole or four won the hole. And then you got three, four, five is the par three. Six and seven, dude. Six, six. I hit the fairway like one time uh, for whatever reason, and people were blowing it all over the lot on that hole. And then seven is an awkward tee shot too, for whatever reason. Like you need to aim down, you need to hit on like the right edge of the fairway for it to barely stay on the left. And like people were missing left all day, and then you're in the trees. So six and seven, we had trouble with. And dude, we lost the championship on the extra holes on number one. We played number one like however many times, six or seven times. We we like never hit that fucking fairway and it's the easy i should have pulled like a five iron at the end of the day just to get one in the fairway after kitty mm-hmm. hit it in the right trees i knew it was dead i was like and i take a hybrid i try to get it down there where i just got a little flip in and i hit it in the trees too and i'm like what are we we're about to lose on the easiest par four in the world because we can't hit four irons in the fairway i had two five and six written down as my three hardest holes out there that yeah. par three five kills me but yeah, Chino brought up that you guys couldn't hit the first fairway. He brought that up to me. Ah, dude, and he also couldn't. I want to know what 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 does the museum mean? Ah, yes, plays? the museum, dude. So that's actually the nickname um, for my putter. We call it the museum. I'm like, yo, grab the museum. And he like Kitty, uh, my partner Drew Kittleson is the guy that made up the name. 
because I think one day we were putting or we were playing and I was making some putts or something. And he's like, dude, that thing is like legend. I was like, dude, this thing belongs in a museum. And he just started just calling it the museum. He's like, oh, here, the museum. So like from now on, all we've ever called, that was years and years ago, we just call it the museum. And I you know I'd look at Kitty, I'd be like museum time or something like that. And he's like, yeah. So then anytime I would make a putt the whole time, like Chino would, you know, speak Spanish first, I think it was like, it would be like, El Museo, El Museo. And that was like, kind of like our little <laughs> battle call or whatever. I was like, yeah, dude, museum. Museum I love time. it. That is so cool, man. All yeah, right, he's the best. I want to talk about Subpar. We had Colt on probably a year ago now. Great dude. The Heat, yeah, great dude. Funny stories. Good at his job. Great his job. So are you. Um, you guys are killing it. I was telling Tori the other day. You guys are kind of like missing curfew of the golf world. Um, you guys have great guests. You do a great job uh, from two guys that have played, you know, and still cover the game. Uh, I guess walk us through, you know, how you started it. And, you know, what made both of you guys just get into podcasting? Yeah, so I had been out of golf for a little while. Colt was still playing. He was on, you know, playing on tour, had his card and all that. And I kind of bounced around from a few different things when I got out of golf. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Tried a few things. Didn't like them. Didn't really know what to do. Started randomly. I got contacted by this company called Action Network to start doing a golf podcast with them. But it was more like around golf gambling. But I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know what I mean? It's more just for fun than anything. It was like a hobby. I was like, yeah, I'll go bullshit about some golf yeah things like that well as things started to go on that that podcast was happening um colt was kind of i guess getting probably near the end of like playing golf he'd had some injuries he was fighting he only had a few starts left um on his medical and all that stuff and so he and i were just kind of talking about it um one time and um he had actually reached out via his agent to pj tour radio about possibly doing a radio show and he went out and had a meeting um in LA at Riviera with uh, the guys the president of Sirius XM was like yeah dude we'll um we'll give we'll give you a shot we'll give you a one hour a week like one hour a week is not you know what I mean that's like a hobby too right but uh so Colt is like okay well let's, let's start so I think he was still playing I think he still had starts left you know what I mean on the PGA tour at the time but it was kind of like what's next so he called me right after that means like yo dude uh we're gonna just start doing a show on pj tour radio here we go i want you to host with me i was like fucking done and like rewind years ago right when i had got out of golf gary mccord had approached me and we, he and i were like slated to do a radio show together and it was all green light uh, everything good here's your start date here's all this and like at the 11th hour just to make a long story short the plug got pulled i think by cbs because they were like kind of controlled what gary couldn't couldn't do in the media and they're like yeah it's probably not the right time or whatever reason and so it like died at the 11th hour but i'd kind of made some relationships within sirius during the time but then i was like i went from like this is the best thing ever that's exactly what i want to do to now what the hell am i going to do yeah. and then you rewind or you fast forward like three more years that's where the deal with colt came we start doing this radio show around that same time or just a little bit prior some people at golf.com had come to me after like doing the action network. We're like, Hey, we want to, we want to get in the podcast game where we want to get more digital. We're more like magazines and stuff, but this is where it's all going. Would you want to do a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Here's exactly what I want to do. I want to interview like long form interviews with players, but like different, not just like interviews, like let people see how these guys actually are. Cause there's some right. cool dudes, but it's hard to see in, you know, golf channel post round. Yeah. And, um, so they were like, done, let's do that. We're going to start around this time. During that time is when Colt came to me with the radio thing. And I was like, hey, dude, that's awesome. Thanks for asking me to co-host. I'd love to do that. By the way, here's a podcast coming too that I'm going to do with golf.com. Why don't you do that with me? And it'll just be kind of like the same brand doing all the shit. And he was like, yeah, perfect. So like we started our first radio show was, um, I guess, what, like three or four years ago, Masters Week. We came out and had Jordan Spieth on. 
you know and it's like we as we started going on the radio they were like okay i like this why don't you guys go to three days a week two hours a day so that ramped up pretty quick then the podcast started we started going with that i had no idea how it would go but we tried out yeah and that started going well and so then it was just like all of a sudden this stuff that was just like fun to do you know we'll see how it goes type of deal yeah. turned into like real shit and now here we are like three years later and like i think both of us are I mean, quite honestly, like surprised at how well it's gone in a, in a short amount of time as it has. That's yeah, your original episode with Andres was maybe <laughs> probably my favorite by far. Right, dude. I mean, Dre, we, there's the, that's the thing is like almost all of these guys we have on, like we know them, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just like you watch them. It's like, yo, we used to travel with them or we played tournaments or we played college or whatever for a long. So like, we kind of know stories that like people don't know you know what i mean and you get to hear some of the cool like behind the scenes stuff and that's the whole goal of the show is like what are these guys like really not just hey walk us through your round and then they all say the same yeah i just trust the process and like one shot at a time and all that stuff you know that we don't want to be that yeah i asked i asked deeks when he was on i said can you confirm that ab about the story with dre in mexico i said was that true he goes can confirm hundred percent confirmed he's i think he's still wanted by the federales down there <laughs> that's so good <laughs> uh, oh, drew do we want to do questions from the gallery big boy hold on i had one more oh this is this okay. may be a dumb question on, on my part but i don't believe in dumb perfect questions no dude i, I do the same yeah like when you host the show there's no dumb questions they may mm -hmm. sound dumb coming out but it's Jay, show. you just you just brought up um starts so when you get your card you're on for a year let's just say you're, you have a year card or a year contract or year. i mean well it's not a contract you said starts or colt he has three starts left what do you mean by that yeah Sorry. so like for instance like colt um he was a full member of the pga tour right but then he gets an injury okay and let's say he played 12 events or something on the pga tour at the time well at that time if you get a medical you can get a medical like pause basically on your career. Like you're, you're, you, you typically have to finish in the top 125, right? At the end of the year to retain okay. your card. At that point, they put you on pause and you get to pause it until you're healthy again. And then you can resume your starts and you have X number of starts left to finish on the, to make as many FedEx cup points as it took the year that you took the pause to retain your card. So if you got 12, I don't know exactly what the number is. Let's say it's 25 events. Then if Colt paused it at 12 or someone paused it at 12, then you get like 13 more. And you can, you might take five months off. You come back. It's like, all right, dude, you got 13 starts and you need X amount more FedEx cut points to retain your card and become a full like member oh, okay. again. And so, yeah, that's what I mean by like starts. So it's like, you know, if you got 13 left and you'd use 10 of them and you ain't at the number yet to keep your card, it's like, all right, I got three more starts and I got to make X amount of FedEx cut points. So I got to get going. Like Morgan Hoffman's in that right now playing on his status. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense then. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll go to the segment called questions from the gallery, and I'll throw this question in the bottom there because we don't want to keep too much time or yours, Drew. All good. Um, all right. Yeah. The post, what do we call it, Tori? Like it's been a, we, we haven't done a podcast in like two and a half weeks. It feels like the post show of the uh, oh my god, what the <laughs> fuck, Drew? How, the reading. <laughs> The reading, dude, it's tricky. Questions from the gallery, sponsored yes. by Rubberco. Rubberco was founded in 2021. It's made out of 100% recycled tires and has tons to offer. We offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, and matting. And now our new hockey devices. Check out the website at www.rubberco.com or can follow us on social media at Rubberco. And can call as well at 306-541-9840. Drew, think with your head and choose the right rubber. 
Oh, Rubber Co. Shout out Rubber Co. They're going to be thrilled with that, bro. Time for them to re-up. Wow. Holy. Just an absolute fumble. We might, have to, we might have to have you record some of ours for us. I love the way you handle that shit. That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'll drop my email later. Done. Uh, okay. I got, uh, I got five here. Maybe six. Tori probably has a few. But we, you, you tell us when you're ready to go. We'll, we'll hang this thing up. Or if you want to go all night, we'll go all night. All right. I'm ready. Sleazy man, nickname, and who's gravy? gravy is colt obviously so steve elkington came up with that um a number of years ago that was kind of like the nickname elk gave to him um tons of like we don't like call colt like i don't call i'm with colt probably more than anyone i don't say like what's up gravy or something like that you know what i mean like not a ton of people call him that i call him bg most of the time which is just like big gravy like, hey yo bg um like what are we doing tonight or whatever but that's where colt got his and it's from elkington like a number of years ago you think you said something like smooth like gravy or some, you know, like what a sneaky comment. legend Elkington is, by the Elk's way. Elk's a he fucking is, peach, holy. bro. Elk's awesome. Elk, y'all need so to get Elk. Funny. He's fun. He's got stories for days, by oh the way. Sharp dresser, Elk, too. And then uh, Sleaze came from a buddy of mine um, that all y'all's boys know from, uh, he's from Denver, but his name is Derek Tolan. He was like a little child prodigy. We call him. <laughs> This is great. So he qualified for the U.S. Open at age 16, right? He's one of those dudes, and he was winning a bunch of shit, and he was great and all that stuff. So I grew up with him, and um, he went to Colorado, kind of had a similar, like, you know, mini-tour career, never got on tour. Now he's an assistant coach at CU. So we call him Peak 16, which is great, because like we say he peaked at age 16. But um, he named me Sleaze, like, dude, this is probably like a decade ago, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. We were playing around a golf. He used to come stay with me, play some jickies together. We were playing a little money game, like in between tournaments. And um, I was hitting it like shit. He was hitting it good. I was missing tons of greens, but getting up and down from everywhere. Hit it in the, you know, miss the fairway, miss the green, ship it up to this. He hit the fairway green, tap in. We were tying. We were tying every hole with pars. Kind of a nasty day. And like after the seventh or eighth hole, I hit it like in the desert or something. I made some just nasty, like up and down that went up there to a foot and he misses his putt and we tie. And he says something like walking up to me, like, these are some of the sleaziest pars I've ever seen in my life. And I just kind of like giggle. I'm like, yeah, you suck. And uh, it was a nothing. It was like a complete throwaway comment. We never even thought about it again. Then like the remainder of the round, anytime I'd miss a green, he'd say something like, well, here comes the sleaze again, or get ready for the sleaze or something like that. And um, dude, like from that moment, like we got in the grill afterwards, like, hey, how'd it go? He's like, well, this fucking sleaze shot 72 with hitting, you know, hitting eight greens or whatever it was. And like, dude, from that point on, like everyone was like sleaze or sleazy D or whatever. And dude, it just like stuck, like no one up at the club or wherever calls me Drew ever. Like no one calls me Drew, you know what I mean? Of like my, except for my like older friends that called me like Stoltz before sleaze ever happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's where that came from. I hear you. All right. Last name for me. Uh, I'm going to take one from your show. If you could trade lives with anybody for one day, who is it? Dude, I always think about that. I've actually just did one where they where they asked me that too. So I'm going to have to go with two people that I would want to be. And they kind of got the same theme, but like I'm a big comedy guy. I love comedy. I love stand-up. It's, I think it's the hardest gig in the world and the guys that are good at it are fucking animals. But I think I'd want to be, I think I'd like to be like a Ricky Gervais. He's my favorite, oh, probably. Sweet. Ricky, Bill Burt, and Chappelle are like my three favorite comics. I'd probably like to be Ricky and just come out in an auditory and just fucking smash and just have the crowd in the palm of my hands. That would be one. And the other one I would like to say, it's a similar theme, but like, I also like hip hop. I like older hip hop. Now I'm getting older and I think all the new shit stinks. Right. Which it does. Mm-hmm. But like, 
Um, I've seen this dude probably four or five times, but I think I, uh, one day of being Jay-Z um, would not be, I, if I could pop up under the, from under the stage and like come up in the, in the smoke and shit at Madison Square Garden and then have 15,000 people saying every single word to all my, and just rocking an entire arena, like sign me up for that. By the way, I go home and guess who's there? Beyonce's there, so that's not a terrible gig either. But I think one of those two guys would probably be my guys just to have a whole like arena or auditorium, just, you know, living and dying with everything you do. That'd be all time. You guys should that do it next year at waste management. Just like do one of the holes, like hole 16, and then just like come out. Just pop up. <laughs> just wrap it. Yeah. I got 99. Pro- yeah. Exactly. That'd be sick. Did Charles Howell, did he say Tupac? Or was he just he's a I don't I don't know if he if his oh no no was it was the poster but he loves Pac dude um yeah. which is crazy he had like his two posters in his college dorm room were like Ben Hogan's one iron at Marion and Tupac which you'd never Love think it. for like Charles Howe you know what I mean yeah I, he might have said Pac actually as his answer wouldn't have expected that Elon Musk that's who he said oh there you go yeah he's he's a couple dudes have said him that'd be nice just to control the world and have 800 billy laying around <laughs> uh okay i know you're a uh, visor or hat and why mm. i haven't worn a hat in probably a decade i had to wear them in college when we played because they weren't making the tcu visors at the time which was a huge cramp on my stocks i have a enormous head and it's really hard for me to find hats that don't look like little baby hats on my head <laughs> so starting in like early college every time i'd come home for summer i just wore visors for every call every amateur term and then i go back to college i have to wear a hat but dude i've been a visor guy for i don't know 15 plus years i don't even own a hat anymore it's all visors all the time and it started just because my head is so fat that it's hard to find hats that fit right dude i hate when they won't come down far enough you know that's every hat then there's some new ones now that come out that i probably could wear but now when i put a hat on a dude i feel like so claustrophobic like I'm all cramped up and shit. And I like the, I like my lettuce to be able to breathe up top a little bit. So yeah, hundred percent visor all the time. Two part. I love it. High socks or low socks? High is the yeah, dude. High. I've been doing that too. That started in college when I had the horrible like sock tan line that every golfer gets, you know, it's like a straight line below yeah. your ankle. And like if you want to wear sandals to class, like people do, you know, I'm like, it looks like shit. It looks awful. So I was like, dude, I started like playing qualifiers and practicing. I was, I would just raise the sock level like a little bit just so it wasn't that exact same straight line. Then I started wearing long socks. I was like, I kind of like this. And then uh, the first tournament I ever did it at was our conference tournament. I ended up winning the individual, the only college tournament I won. And so I was like, this is it. Like that's, this is my new, like I got to keep the juju. So I've worn high socks ever since. I want to find this photo while Tori asked this question. I want to find this photo and ask. Nope. Uh, Kind of two-parter. What's your what's your favorite course you've ever played, and what's the best course you've ever played? They're probably the same for me. This is a hard one to answer, but I, I think they're the same. The best course I've ever played by a mile, hands down, is Pine Valley. It's so good. It's one of the only courses I've ever played where you walk off and you're like, there's not one bad hole. There's not one medium hole. Like, they're all fucking good. It's so hard. Like, you go to certain courses that are famous, like, oh, number 16, oh, number 12. Oh, or there's, like, three or four or five or something. Like, Pine Valley is just one through 18. Incredible, incredible golf. I have not played Augusta National, so that could maybe possibly change the rankings. But I played a lot of the good ones, man. And nothing's even close to that, in my opinion. I think that would probably be my answer for both. It's just it's the best golf course I've ever played. By a mile. Wow. 
Um, that was them. Oh, there we go. Hard and oh, no, fair. oh, there you go. That's what's that? That's the four ball, isn't it? Is that them? That's the four ball. Yeah, that's them, dog. That's what I rock. <laughs> I normally rock some. I got some with like, you know, designs and colors. Man. I got some Tupac socks. I got some Outcast socks. I like to bring out, but I figured it's USGA. Let's keep it. You know, let's not need it to be so loud at that thing. So I just wore the flat whites. Keep keep it classy. The white tube socks you get in your stocking when you're seven. Yeah, dude. I kept. I, I respect the off. USGA. I didn't want to. I didn't want to discredit that fine organization with anything too loud. I love it. I get torched <laughs> if I wore those. Um, <laughs> low round, and how many hole ones? Yeah, low round is uh, sixty one at Whisper Rock, which um, yeah, Dang. it was 11, 11 under, and I was a I was one over through two. Second hole is a long par three. I made bogey on. I played the rest twelve under. And it was the course record for about a year. And that's pretty cool because that golf course, I mean, dude, everyone's, every tour player, every guy that comes through, you know, all the guys that are members out there, Rom and, I mean, you can name them. There's millions of them. That was the lowest ever. And then the son of a bitch, Chez, Reevee, like a year later, shot a 60. It had been 62, dude. It had been 62 for like a decade plus. No one had broken 62. I don't even know if anyone had even tied 62. Um for forever and then i shot i was like oh my god dude i'm gonna have a course record at the lower at whisper this is unbelievable and then nova and then a year later ches snatches it so that was shit um and then what was my second question that was low round 61 oh hole in ones i got five and i haven't had one in ages dude i got to five like i made five and like i had none into college and then i made five in like just a handful of years and i haven't made one since bastard deadly correct um who who has been like who is make god bless tori (laughs) (laughs) who made you the most starstruck that you've ever played with oh hey we're just so nervous drew we just we just i get it dude i get it you know what i mean (laughs) i respect it i respect the game um the most starstruck god that's oh well this is gonna sound funny i guess just because it's not like the biggest star in the world and i've been around some like pretty big name dude you know what i mean like you see a lot of guys have played with a lot of the guys but the guy i don't ask for pictures i don't ask for sign shit for me or oh my god can we be friends but like a year or so ago i was at whisper rock sitting down these dudes called a buddy of mine was like hey sleaze come over here i want you to meet some friends of mine so i walk over hey this is so and so they're in from orlando hey how you doing hey this is johnny's in from Orlando. hey how you doing how you doing the last dude i shook his hand he stands up looks at me he's like, hey i'm jason I shake his hand. I was like, holy fuck, like Jason Williams, like white chocolate, Jason Williams. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know you played golf. What are you doing here? All that stuff. And they're like, hey, grab a seat with us. I was like, "Okay." So I sit down and end up like chopping it up with Jason Williams. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Couldn't have been cooler. We still communicate like a little bit back and forth. And I at the end of the time, I was like, Jason, dude, like I promise. I know you've heard this eight billion times. I don't ask for pictures. Could you do you mind if I get a picture like you've been my all time guy from like when you came out when you're with the Kings and the Florida and all that stuff. And uh, he's like, yeah. So I got a picture with Jason Williams and that when he like left and then we started texting or whatever, I was like, dude, that's Jason Williams. Like that's the freaking dude. You know what I mean? You know, but I've been around way bigger guys and I just doesn't really, I'm not like a, I don't like sound dumb, but like, I don't really get like super starstruck. You know what I mean? Like, Oh shit, mm-hmm. that's so-and-so. But Jason Williams was massive for me. And I guess I'll say just to be fair, the first time I met Phil and played with Phil, that was, I was like, nervous 
you get you get so used to it like like even just catting at show like i've been with i don't god knows how many celebrities and after a while it's just like it's there i mean you know the old saying like they put their pants on one leg at a time just like everyone else like they're just normal people they just want to be normal they are normal they just don't want to be bothered and shit it's like there's not they're just crazy good at whatever it is that they do you know what i mean that's like Mm -hmm. they're, they're not like some like god or something some of them could be assholes too you know what i mean so when you get the cool ones it's even better but like yo jay will um that was my guy that's so see and that's 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 like i get a question all the time from like just people i know like oh what's it like talking to that guy it's like just probably like it is talking to everybody else yeah he's really good at hockey or whatever it is yeah just just chatting and now we're best friends so that's cool yeah of course yeah uh... coming to my wedding so whatever (laughs) (laughs) okay the red solo cap uh is that like i've seen enough of the videos is it always a red solo cap and if it is don't change it i feel like that's your guys's thing that's unbelievable yeah we had all these red solo cups in the studio and it was just like that was what we'd use every time you know and then i feel like those went away and now that's like coolers or now we have coolers with like birdie juice and stuff on them so like we we, we use those kind of and we got like the doers sitting up front so we try to you know like a clear cup or something so you can see that it's doers or whatever but um yeah for a long time it was those red solo cups and i typically will drink like a transfusion typically a super transfusion during the show it's like transfusion you drink like a little bit of it down and then i pour red bull in to top it off and it's back and that's the super the super trans so that's that's typically what i drink so i'm definitely not telling you what to do or how to do it, but i think the red solo cup you should ask the company that sponsors you you said birdie juice is that what it is well that's like our little that's like our brand of stuff that we have out there yeah wrap it in a red solo that'd be sick because that's just like that's her thing yeah it the solo is like the og cup you know yeah, I mean? it's just like just down to earth like yo no frills no nothing all it needs this yeah all right this this is my last one who's the best shit talker you've ever played with mm, probably phil or that you know of on tour. Okay. Phil, Phil is real good, but Phil has this like flex that works on pretty much anyone in the world other than Tiger. Just about how many majors he's won and how many, whatever, you know what I mean? Like we were playing, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we we're out at the Madison club, like th- three or four years ago. They had this pro scratch event out there. It's freaking awesome. All your boys, all those dudes playing it. And um, so Phil will have like a little group over to Madison club where he's a member place over there to come back and like have a dinner, drink wine, play cards, all the bullshit. Right. But it's like, Phil's the ringleader of all this. Cause it's his spot. So it's like, yeah, yeah. All right. Pack up your stuff. Get ready. Come over seven o'clock. We'll meet over at Madison. Cool. Get over there. We get in there and it's like a bunch of name dudes in there. Right. From the, it's all Phil's buddies and tour players and stuff. And uh, we're all sitting at this table, the middle seats like left empty. That's Phil's and he ain't there. And we're like, where the fuck is Phil? All this, you know, everyone's talking shit. God damn, invites everyone to dinner and he's fucking late, all that type of stuff. Well, like 10 minutes later, whatever, he walks down and he's wearing a Padres hat and a white robe and it's a Ryder Cup robe, right? And he walks down like flip-flops. It wasn't like he was getting ready for dinner. You know what I mean? Like he looks like he just is ready to go for a day at the spa. And uh, he comes down, like doesn't say anything, like sits in the chair and like kind of thanks everyone's like sorry boys took me so long when you got eight of these it's hard to know hard to pick out which one to wear you know what i mean like i got eight of the or however many brighter cups he's played in probably more than that you know what i mean but he's like you got 10 of these things it's hard to pick out which one to wear just like shit like that it's always like you know about winning something or whatever and it's there's really no comeback for a lot unless you're tiger and then that's got to all go to bed at that point was was it your show I, i can't remember who the country singer was maybe colt ford or someone someone like that 
that went up to him at Jordan Spieth's wedding and said something about like the match was a waste of a hundred bucks and or twenty nine bucks and he owed him he yeah. owed him his money back. Yeah, he said, Jake Owen. Jake Owen, that's who it was. Okay, and then he yeah. said, "Fucking, what did he say?" He gave him a hundred bucks and he said, "Hey, I made ninety thousand of these the other yeah. day." Yeah, yeah, exactly. He got gave him a hundred. Said, "Here you go. I got ninety thousand of these last Thursday or whatever it was." Yeah, <laughs> Unreal. that's the kind of stuff. Like, what do you say? Oh yeah, well, I got a hundred thousand. Oh no, I don't. You know, it's like yeah, it's just like the big boy flex. Like I've done this, I've won this, or money. It's like kind of he's. But Phil will like trip you, but he like loves it if he if you give it back to him too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, um, I remember I, I think there's been a few of them, but like he was wearing he wears those big gator belts. You know what I mean? Or he used yeah. to like they were big gator skin. All this shit's like gator lizard or whatever it is. And someone made a comment about his um, belt or something like that. He's like, yeah, dude, this is pure you know argentinian crocodile or whatever i was like god damn how many they have to kill to get around your big ass <laughs> you know like and he like loves you know like shit like that i was like how many had to die to make that belt that's awesome okay yeah i have one more for you i think this might be pastor quota with you but actually it's kind of two quick two one quick one is do all the guys that come on your show sign that uh your backdrop that's so cool by the way yeah anyone that's in person we have to do some on zoom like y'all do you know what i mean but anything in person it's all signed on that wall yeah that's sick. Two, I don't know if you want to talk about it or if you can comment on it or not. Live PGA, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big um, topic there. I just say this, like we've we've talked about it on radio, like ad nauseum for the past few weeks. I, my stance is this: I do not blame any dude that packs up and leaves for a game changing amount of money. Like, who am I to tell a guy? what you can make, what you're worth, what you should make, you know, what you do. I'm not one that believes that, you know, just because someone pays you to do your job, that means you fully endorse every single belief that they have. I think it's possible to do business people. I mean, you sign off on everything. I mean, there's businesses out there. Look at Nike. Whatever you got, wearing Nike. Does that mean you endorse sweatshops or child labor? Like probably not, but no one seems to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Saudis are on a whole different level, but I just think, if you are, if someone's willing to pay you to, to provide your service, who am I to tell you that you can't do it or that you're going the wrong place? That being said, I do think the fan is the fan. All the golfers, the PGA tours, juice and purses now, right? All these dudes are going to get more money. Whether you stay on the PGA tour or go to live, you're going to be playing for more money than you ever have in your life. The people that are probably going to lose are the fans because now instead of all the best players in the world playing on one tour, they're going to play on two. And now you get fewer events where they're all together. You get less, the product gets diluted. The players get richer, but the fan gets hurt in the whole deal is kind of my take. I don't blame a single dude that goes over there. If someone put a $200 million contract and said, sign here and you get $200 million. Like I can't, I can't tell you I'm going to say no. You know what I mean? Like, and nobody can until you've had that piece of paper in front of your face. You don't know what you're going to do with the people that want to throw stones or people that don't have that opportunity never will have that opportunity. So who are you to tell another guy right. what they should do? But as a fan, I don't think you can argue that it's good. You're just going to get two tours that dilute the best talent. It'd be like if the NBA chopped in half and you got, you know, NBA one and NBA two, well, you ain't going to get, the same caliber of play you're going to get if they were all in the same league so that the, the fans the one that ends up losing in all this i think and i think the, i think over time they'll come together there will be a happy medium and things will get figured out where guys can play both ways otherwise it's just going to get too too messy everything always shakes out I like I'm, brutal, I'm brutal at this and that was an unbelievable uh take on it 
Last thing, I always ask a question. One piece of advice for a young listener today, whether it's to make it to the PGA, do a successful podcast, be a doctor, uh, whatever. You know, we, I love this question. I think our listeners love it. So, um, yeah, right from you, Drew. Man, um, I think it just takes balls. Like, if you have big aspirations, you want to be something big, something that, you know, makes a difference, like, you got to do it. Eventually, you got to do it. And there's a lot of people that got dreams, and it's not necessarily the guys that make it are, like, maybe the best or the most qualified, with the, but they – but they hump, you know what I mean? They go, they, they grind and they, they, they do it and they put themselves out there and they're, and you just can't be afraid to fail. Like you're not going to be whatever you want to be a doctor. Like you're not gonna be the best doctor day one. What you want to be a podcaster? You ain't gonna be the best podcaster day one. You just got to go do it. You got to fall on your face to get back up and get better and better. And um, I think just like perseverance and like attitude more than anything, like I'm going to, somebody's going to, whatever it is you want to be, somebody's going to go be it. Like, why not you? I love it. Wow. Drew, this is unbelievable. That's deep shit, dude. That, that was, was deep. That, that was, was thoughts from Sleaze. That was that was one of my favorites. Deep. I love it. That was awesome. Uh, Tori, thanks for setting this one up. Uh, Drew, man, this has been uh, awesome. I, I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. I'm happy we got to do it. And, um, you know, keep crushing what you guys are doing, you and Colt. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on today. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. Tori, Drew, thanks, man. Appreciate thanks, you, boys. You got it. Lost Melt Distilleries spring seasonal releases are here. They have a ton of great options for this spring and summer, like hibiscus lime vodka, sweet tea vodka, local coconut vodka, and local watermelon vodka. With the nice weather coming, it's time to get out on the patio and enjoy a taste of Saskatchewan from Lost Mountain Distillery, Saskatchewan's first micro distillery. Keep an eye out for the ready-to-drink beverages, raspberry mojito, gin fizz, and mango seltzer, which are coming soon. Can't make it out to the distillery in Lumsden? No problem. Their products are available online or at most retailers across the province. Head to lastmountaindistillery.com to learn more. There it is, episode 123. I think everyone that listened to this podcast is probably, wow, we needed that 13 days off from Drew's voice. So I hope you enjoy, sorry, not Stoltz, my voice. Uh, the interview with Drew though, man, like, like I said three times already now, great job, line him up. Unbelievable. And just a, a hell of a good dude. Told great stories. He was thorough. Uh, he knows the game. He's so smart. Um, Handsome bugger. Missile. No wonder why he wears a visor in the course. Oh um, shit. But yeah, no, overall, man, like he was he was a lot of fun. He was he's good at what he does. Put it that way. Like he's just like I don't, I don't know what the word is. You know, their podcast is cool too. Like check him out. Golf subpar if you haven't heard it. You're under a rock. So listen to it. It's good. Uh Tori, any thoughts on uh the podcast with Drew? I enjoy talking to him. I've been I've been looking forward to it for a little while ever since I turned down his fucking bag like an idiot. But uh, why don't you so tell everyone that story like a little better? Because like you guys, I kind of cut off and he brushed it off. It was funny, but like, so you were supposed to caddy for Drew? But no. Didn't know. So so the caddy master at Shoal Creek called me, and he said, "This very 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 wealthy person in Birmingham asked if if I would caddy for him," and I was like, "Eh." Like, 
not really into that because like i said the west course at, at country club of birmingham is a nasty walk that's actually right. where i caddy for wilson fur every time and wow. i was like two bags on that course like that doesn't sound very fun yeah so i was like and and i had other stuff going on i was just like i don't know and then i came i talked to him later and he said that chino who drew mentioned um sounds like a legend this guy dude oh yeah so he's, he's the he's, caddy he's, master chino was not no. okay i'm sorry cut you off go on go on go on chino but yeah so no chino's just a horse he's just a big old spanish guy i think he's from argentina maybe but he said he was gonna go so i was like sweet so i don't have to worry about it and then i at, eventually i found out it was for drew stoltz and i was like dang gum it like what an idiot for turning that down he blew it and i think chino made like three grand for the week too that would have been a nice little nice week for the fellas no kidding i'm trying to get uh, the boys some love here on the canadian tour i'm trying to pull it up right now for the boys if you want to pull it up where you can oh I've, I've been watching actually i've been looking uh ty campbell was doing nice for a little while uh keep keep talking but no drew was really good to talk to um i mean that was an easy interview because he just he just talked the whole time it was mint well and the other thing too that i was saying to you like when a guy or girl says hey i got 35 minutes or 40 minutes and goes on for an hour like I love it. And I was telling you, like, I, th that means the guest is engaged. They like what they're hearing. They like what they're talking. Or even we we both kind of fumbled our words there and just, you know, he loves it. He, he does it for a living and he experiences the same thing. So it's not like we're, hey, Drew, can I have an autograph? You know, like we're just three dudes just talking golf or, or hockey or whatever it was. And, you know, it, it was, he's such a good dude. And there's a reason why he's good at what he does. And, yeah, the stroke factor is out. So, so speaking of the, the Canadian tour event going on at, uh, well, PGA tour Canada event Thank you. going up in, uh, Elk Ridge, uh, it's currently suspended. This is as of Thursday at five o'clock Saskatchewan time. We got Ty Campbell T 16 at minus two, only three back of the lead. So, and he's through 12 holes. So. You might you might be able to make a little move here, boys. Deadly. Well, there it is. The I think that's it for the week, though. No, Tori. I mean, like we're gonna have another. We'll be back again for sure. You know, this is a tough time right now. Summer, we're busy. I'm actually off to Edmonton uh, Monday. Uh, yes, Monday. I'm off to Edmonton for the Brick Tournament. I'm taking mm -hmm. the 2011 Regina or Team Saskatchewan Junior Pats. We're going up. We have a preseason game Tuesday evening against Chicago. And then it all starts for real Wednesday. We have one game Wednesday, two Thursday. Maybe it's one Wednesday, one Thursday, two for, I don't know. Schedule a lot. We play a lot of hockey. So I'm excited though, man. Like October. Yeah. We got one more practice this weekend here or two practices on the same day. And fuck, I'm pumped, man. I'm just, I'm excited. And then You're putting these that, boys through two days. Hey, I don't make the schedule. Okay. I just show up, but you know what though? I am excited because once, you know, we have good experience here for not only these kids and, but I did, I did an interview the other day. Ah, I forgot what the, it was called, but I did an interview the other day for the tournament and it's so cool for these, you know, these, I, I call them young men. I mean, I call them men, uh, to play in this event and play in so much of guys that you'll, you'll see down the road, whether they're the NHL or pro or Western league, 
And, you know, after that full week, you know, I'm going to golf twice there, planning to play a petroleum club and Royal Mayfair. Boom. Um, and then I'm full golf mode all July. So boy. that's, uh, that's kind of what's up with me. Tori, I know we want to talk quickly. U.S. Open. Did you like it? And two, we got a bet 99 this week. First of all, I loved it. Nice. Second of all, my dad should have played bet 99. He didn't, but he should have. If you wanted to play bet 99, the sign-up code is off the hosel one using the website bet99.com or download the app bet99. Please bet responsibly and know your limits. But in our little pool that me and him did, he had Zalatoris and um oh my god, Fitzy and Fitzpatrick. He had them wow. both. You blow it. Dude <laughs> He could have made cash. That's sick, though. Well, next time, yeah. tell him now. Get on the bet 99. Off the halls of one. Sign up. Play responsibly. Have fun. Like Tori says, know your limit. Um, there it is, man. What a, what a post show. What an interview today. What an episode. 123. Taylor made Last Mountain Distillery. Uh, Cutter and Buck. Bet I'm going to go drink a Coors Light, I think, here. In a yeah, Molson Coors. Um, you name it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to be back. I thought it'd be a little rusty. I was a little bit during the the question from the gallery. I kind of hey hey we we were rusty. <laughs> I sound no good in my ears. I don't know what I sound like on the radio or whatever. But anyhow, um, turn it up. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, let us know. If you want to hear again, rewind. <clears throat> Other than that, Tori, I'll talk to you next. Nope, I'll talk to you not next week. The week after that, we're dead or going, and. Uh, Everyone else out, out there, have a good rest of the week. Play safe, have fun. Peace. See ya.